Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of 40-ish. Which, if you um, didn't know, Jason already told us he's feeling saucy tonight, so expect an extended complaining session of Meyer. Saucy. <laughs> Actually, couldn't find I hate to do this. I hate to do this to you, John. Um, I had a semi-decent experience with Meyer this past weekend. Semi-decent. You can't even say pleasurable. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't pleasurable. It wasn't right, stimulating, so though. It well, wasn't. How about the kids that were on your lawn? Were you were you excited to tell them to get off it? They were buried under many, many inches of snow and frozen from the polar vortex, so we're okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so, uh, welcome everybody back. We have a full house tonight in terms of uh, participatory peoples. Participatory people. Participatory. Ooh, Say that nine times fast and we'll keep going. So, yeah. So I'm joined, uh, as always, by uh, Mr. John Moody. Good evening. Uh, Mr. Lance Abair. What's up from North Carolina? Mr. Andrew Tucker. With support from listeners like you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, All right. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And uh, we're pleased to welcome in a friend from back in the days. How do we tie this? It's originally Moody's friend that by... Beer and default became most of our friends. Uh, everyone, please I would, welcome. I in. would introduce oh, yeah. um, Mario Golf into that equation as well. Yeah, so that's a that's another story. Um, I, I blame I blame Paul for part of the sickness prior to meeting my now wife and the whatever he was cooking and the Dante's Inferno and the chili and the bratwurst. It's a long story. But the important thing it's is you met your future wife. Right. True. 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 Uh, everyone, please welcome in Mr. Paul. Hi, it is Paul. Welcome to 40 Well, Thank Paul. you so much. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. And uh, before we get too deep into our questions, Paul, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do? Well, my name is Paul Hegedus. I'm a cancer. I love long walks on the beach and slow jazz. Uh, actually, uh, I'm a, a... Not smooth jazz. No, definitely not smooth jazz. jazz. You know, the right. thing with jazz okay. is it's it's not the notes, it's the notes that aren't there. The music between the music. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Hold on. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to take another sip after that one. Everybody sip, everybody deep breath. <sighs> you were saying, Paul. Yeah, so, uh, well-traveled man about town. I've lived uh, in the Midwest, coast to coast, and uh, I... Currently, I'm residing in the icicle uh, ass of Michigan, uh, you know, Detroit. <laughs> is that the ge- geographical location? Like when somebody looks up, where's the icicle ass? Oh, Detroit. Well, you know what? It, it might not necessarily be the, ascal- the icicle ass, but you can smell it from here. How's that? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm really sad that uh, that, yeah. that term is actually in the uh, urban dictionary. <laughs> Icicle uh, ass. Also, see Detroit. Uh, he's so damn frosty, he keeps an icicle up his ass to keep it warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so will we? Oh, bring it around. Very terrible. So, so we uh, we invited Paul in because it is our our. Uh, our shtick here to invite people that do cool things or have lived cool lives. And so we've known Paul since back in the day and back in the day for our terms is the late Mm nineties, mid mid to late nineties. John met Paul originally when he uh, attended Western Michigan and I um, attended many a gathering at John and Paul place. Was Blink 182 ever actually a thing? Was it up there when your band had when your band had to be have a number in it like you were some forty one or blink one eighty two? Sounds like I said the verb pipe. Seven Mary three. Oh, oh too soon, Paul. Too soon. It's always too soon with them. Good God. Uh, so, um, Paul, you were saying a little bit. Uh, you're a man about the world. Um, what is your? Uh, how do you bring home the bacon? Well, my official title is retirement counselor. My job, actually, and uh, I work with uh, with a local city go- or local county government, uh, helping their employees understand their retirement benefit packages as well as overall retirement planning. I 
I feel like retirement counselors, like you sit down with the family and you go, it's going to be okay. And then you open their binary. You're like, oh, wait, I take that back. You are screwed. <laughs> no, it's, it's more of like, you're going to be fine when you turn 98. Actually, uh. it's a little bit of all of that. For the most part, it's <laughs> like, hey, you know, they come in, they sit down. I haven't done anything. And, okay. When are you planning on retiring? Tomorrow. All right. I have to just keep that nice, pleasant demeanor and not, you know, start laughing hysterically in their faces. Like how many yeah. lottery tickets are you planning on buying? Well, all right then. Well, that's usually what, what their retirement plan is, is how many scratchers can I buy this week? Right. Right. Nice. So uh, the thing that really triggered uh, wanting Paul on the, on the, on the podcast was uh, I had the opportunity. So Paul's lived a couple different places uh, in his professional career. Um, yeah, he undergraded at Western Michigan, did his grad work at Ball State in uh, Muncie, yes. Indiana, I believe it is. I mean, the jokes for Ball State, I'll put them out there, but we may have future people from Ball State. So I just like saying Ball State. I mean, the anyway. jokes just write themselves at that the point. State of Balls. I can't believe it. State of Balls. Um, well, I mean, at Ball State, you know, so many jokes can be had, but the best joke of all is just about Muncie. For when I lived there, the city slogan was Muncie. We're trying. Please stand by. Right. That's pretty good. Um, so, so was the um, was the city seal then kind of that work in progress thing that you see on websites of the guy with the shovel? It, it, it was just a four hundred four error message. Nice. It was in Indiana. Meh. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's it's a Ziggy cartoon, and he just the the office door is closed in his face. Nice. Oh man, what uh, I when I heard you were going, I just kind of like to me it was out of left field because uh, there was a gap of time that we we were able to stay connected, and then all of a sudden, oh, you were at Ball State. Um, what drew you to Ball State? Was it the program? Had you looked at a lot of programs for accounting and business, or was it always a goal of yours to to attend grad school there? Actually, it was going for the nookie. Uh, what? Fair. <laughs> At the time, Fair. my my girlfriend from the time, who is now my lovely wife, uh, was going there for grad school herself. Um, I had really no reason to, nothing that was keeping me in Kalamazoo other than the love of my friends. I mean, hey, I love you guys, but once again, I'm I'm following following that woman uh once down there i was uh i had gotten into financial services on my own but decided to take some uh take my grad courses in order to further my career instead of just being a a a bank teller for the rest of my life gotcha is that where most financial people start i mean is that a legit starting place where people talk about their uh, customer service rep or uh a bank teller. It all depends. I mean, different people, there are different pathways into financial services. I mean, someone can start out at, at a university taking the courses and then getting in in a some sort of entry level with a, a brokerage house or, you know, a, a, a trading desk, or they go into retail banking and they can either go into some sort of you know, customer service uh, rep position, a banker position, or their, you know, the traditional teller route. It just so happened with when I started with, you know, way back in the day with National City, God rest in peace. Um, I ended up getting into one of their uh, their managerial programs that, you know, took you through an accelerated pace through so much time as a teller, so much time as a banker, so much time as an assistant manager. And at that point Uh. I could decide if I wanted to go into investing or into branch management. Gotcha. Although when I got to that point, I wasn't given the option. They're like, yeah, you're going to be a branch manager. And I wanted to shoot myself. You didn't (laughs) want to just take that iron fist and be like, I will wield this to ultimate authority. Oh, I had my infinity stones as an assistant manager. You know, I had all the authority without having to deal with all the bullshit. Ah. And those stones were gained at Ball State. That's right. Stones of Ball State. Um, uh, So before I get back to my other point, which was the traveling and meeting you up in one of the cities, I do have another question for you, Paul. Somewhat related. Um, So my oldest 
goes into high school next year, and we are coming up to the point where we're going to start talking about what classes he gets to take and selection of classes. And it brought up a really good conversation point with a couple of people at work, which was uh, classes we wish had been taught at the high school level. And one of them um, that keeps coming up is the idea of budgeting or personal finance, like general monetary knowledge. Uh, when you're dealing with your clients, is there a overwhelming lack of general knowledge like uh like you can't spend 10 times more than you make i mean it just doesn't work that way so i'm kind of wondering about your thoughts on should that be a class when is the appropriate time to start bringing in like financial responsibility into someone's life is it a high school thing is it college thing? certainly it's certainly a high school thing i mean the High school is usually that that point in our lives where we're getting our first jobs, we're starting to earn some money that's not mom and dad giving us a couple of bucks for mowing the lawn, you know. So at that point in time, it's very important for, you know, people to learn. Yes, here's the money that I'm making. Am I making enough to cover my expenditures? If I'm going out and buying a new PlayStation. You know, is that going to wipe out my entire bank account, which means that I can't spend any money for the next six months while I'm refilling? Um, yeah. The answer is not if your um, best friend works at Sears and you can get it through him. <laughs> That's very uh, true. Yes. Yeah. We're not going to discuss that necessarily. <laughs> I will plead the fifth up and down. Uh, Sears is basically on its way out anyway, so it doesn't matter yeah, at this that point. That's very true. And if it they, is sad. I remember going to see Paul at the, we, a lot of my time spent with you guys early on was just visiting each other at yep, work. Pretty much. And that's a lot well, of serious. Because we, were, we all didn't know how to budget money, so we were working our asses off to cover our expenditures. <laughs> Which right, right. Someone had to buy the 12 packs of Molten. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was always. I had this conversation with somebody, too, about going to the Munchie Mart, and each of us would buy a different type of Molten because we thought that was a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but. Then, yeah, yeah, we did it before it was cool. Before it was cool. Speaking of that, Paul and I collected all of the Sam Adams beer bottles before it was cool, when it was still yeah. manageable to do so. Yeah, all on that mantle of that uh, of that fireplace. I will That's never true. forget that. It was a very colorful, well curated display. Um, clean. It, it took a lot of work. Oh, it certainly did. Mm. A lot of lost Saturdays, a lot of calling John in sick on Sundays. I mean, that became a tradition, really. <laughs> right, right. And then they so, came uh, out with a new label like every year, which then every year, up. which fucked up like, the whole thing. Right. I think it's just like, really, do we have to do this all over again? I can't. Uh, anyway. Uh, so one of my travels early on with, with the company I'm with now, I had an opportunity to travel to one of the first cities Paul lived in uh, with his wife on the East Coast, that of Boston, Massachusetts. So, um, I was attending a, a conference. What was it? Uh, PAX, PAX East, which is a now it's more of a uh, it's originally a penny arcade thing. It was it's a video games, anime, cart. It was everything. Uh, and at the time, what was brand new and big deal? It was uh, pop cap developers. So it was everything uh, Plants vs Zombies and stuff like that. Anyway, <clears throat> Paul uh, worked in the area, literally in the area where we stayed. We stayed right next to MIT, and we. We ate at some uh, German beer house of some sort. Um, I forgot the name of the restaurant, but do, do you remember the name of the restaurant? Oh, it was like the Nordic Triangle or something like that. Yeah, it was it, something like yeah, that. It, it, and their big thing is they had like a bunch of meads on yes Snapper or available there. Yeah, I know what you're talking yep. about. Um, but I want to go a little dark real quick here because I think you'll have a unique perspective of the people we know. Um, I come to realize when I was going back and looking at all the travel that I did in that particular trip in, in particular, yeah, words, they're, they're, they're escaping me tonight. Did uh, you, uh, that did whole, I did. And they're now from sure. the, uh, sky high rye here. Um, I feel like that trip. Paul was like a week or two prior to uh, the horrific thing that was the bombing. Right. Um, in fact, I was really, really concerned when I got back and we started looking at the maps of where all the tragedy took place. And it was all within a couple of blocks of where we stayed. As a matter of fact, the hotel we stayed at was on the opposite end of the block of the 7-Eleven where 
all the tragedy took place. So uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013. Um, Paul, you lived in the city. Uh, can you kind of talk us through that? I want to learn more about what it was like to live in Boston because I didn't get to see any of the city. We were there for like 36 hours, didn't get to see any of the historical parts. Uh, but I kind of wanted to get your perspective on what it was like to live in that city during that time and what you drew from it and the things that you remember about Boston and about the area that made it hard to leave when it was time to change. Well, really first and foremost, you know, the, the feeling during that whole thing is, is just shock and, and, um, being disturbed. Um, you know, I had taken off the, uh, the afternoon that day I was meeting up with a, a couple of buddies and we were watching it in our local watering hole and all of a sudden, boom, you know, we're, we're watching it in real time as it's happening. The finish line that's on Boylston street was actually just a couple blocks down from where my wife worked. So that was my first, my first thought is, Oh my God, please tell me she did not go down there. And so I had to, you know, rush out and try and call my wife to make sure that she was okay. Um, then after the fact, you know, it was, it was very difficult to get down. I mean, traffic was, was horrendous to try and reunite with each other. And then the whole situation that, that came about afterwards is, you know, it was, it was something out of, out of a movie, which now there are movies about it that I, I have not seen. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to, to watch uh, what is it? Patriot's day. But um, you know, we felt like we were living in a police state. You know, we had military groups, you know, SWAT teams, everything all around the city going on. Um, we were in a, a forced lockdown where we could not leave our homes. We had to just shelter in place because there were, you know, homegrown terrorists running around, running amok, um, where they ended up finally, uh, uh, taking down the Sarnayev, uh, brothers, or at least the, 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 the final one was just a, a couple of blocks from one of the, uh, the branches that I worked at when I was still in retail banking. So, really? yeah, I mean, we could hear during the, the, the major, uh, uh, firefight the, the night before we could hear the gunshots from, from our house, you know? So it was, it was a terrifying situation, but there was also a lot of, there were times of great joy and great sense of community because, you know, the, the city came together um, really in like one voice to say, you know, we are not going to allow this to define us. Um, once the, the shelter in place was lifted, a bunch of us, instead of being scared and staying home, we all got together. We all made sure that everyone was okay. Um, you know, perfect strangers would just come up and give each other hugs saying, you know, how are you doing? You know, where were you? And it was, it was a very difficult time, but, um, you know, I, I feel that I've, I grew a lot during it, you know, and, um, we, uh, we got through it together. I mean, and, and honestly, uh, Big Poppy said it best. This is our fucking city. Right. You know, and it was at that point in time that no matter where you were originally born, if you were in those city limits, you were part of Boston. Because I remember a lot of your social media posts at the time, and I think you even got tattoos, if I remember yep. right. Um, there was definitely a sense of belonging that you guys kind of uh, adopted the city and the city adopted you and so on and so forth. So I thought that was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, in, in, as you were saying, the, the, the tattoo, my first tattoo, you know, unlike Moody, who's been tattooed for years and years and years, although technically now I've been tattooed for years and years and years. Oh, come on now. You actually knew me pre tattoos. Yeah. And then I didn't <clears throat> realize how addictive those things are. Especially if you find a good artist. Right. But after, after the tragedy had happened, there was a, a, um, a big initiative by the local tattoo studios that they did a flash sale 
with all proceeds, 100% of proceeds from all the tattoos going to the one fund for the survivor's benefits. And so uh, my Stephanie and I, we went out, you know, she had already had some tattoos. She found one that she fell in love with. And I found one that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. And, you know, so now I've, I've got my Boston strong on my arm and it will always be there. It's a constant reminder of, you know, my love for that city. Wow. Which we were then also featured in a, in a photographic journal for, you know, tattoos that were inspired by the bombing. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I wanted to ask about it and I didn't want it to be in a, I just knew that, um, the way you and Stephanie carried yourselves, at least, like I said, through social media and how you were sharing at the time was, uh, I've always remembered that. Uh, I wasn't there for it, but I always remember, uh, knowing you guys were there, hoping you guys were safe and, and wondering what it was like to, uh, to live through something like that. So, uh, huge pivot. <clears throat> Here we go. Boston. Boston, Mass. Uh, you work downtown in the financial district. Yep. Uh, how often did you get to be out and explore the city? And in, in, I know this, this historical stuff is just basically kicking in the nuts wherever you walk around. You don't, you cannot go too far without being a part of significant history of our country. Can you share with us anything that you remember specifically, something you recommend if anybody gets a chance to go like, don't do this, definitely see this. I mean, should you visit the universities? What should you do? Well, okay. You Visiting the universities just to say, hey, there's the university. You can basically just go to Harvard, walk through the yard, and you've, you've done it. You know, MIT, you walk through the campus. It's, it's a lovely campus, but it's very small. BC and BU, yeah, you can do a drive-by. I mean, there's so much more in terms of what to see and what to do than just the colleges themselves. You know, bragging rights, basically, everyone likes to say, hey, I've been to Harvard Yard. You know, okay, wonderful. Once you go through the yard, then you're right in the uh, in Harvard Square, and there's a hell of a lot more to do down there than to just walk through the yard because, once again, it's a college campus. Um, in terms of things to do and things to see, it it may be trite, but it's actually a good way to, to learn a lot. Get on one of the duck boats. Everybody knows about them because, hey, our Pats won again. Fuck yeah. But uh, Your Pats? Yeah. Where did you grow up, Paul? West Sturgis. Uh, there were no football yeah. teams there. No, no, no. You bastard. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Hey. Once, and let's once be honest. Again. Are you really still going to claim the Lions at this point? I, never, should be I think it's a, I think it's a required DNA kind of thing. Even, nope, even I think it's required. When, I, when I grew up in Michigan, I was never a Lions fan. Where I grew up, we were closer to Chicago anyhow. And my grandfather, oh, you, yeah. he, he grew up in Chicago. So if you were not a Bears fan, you got the hell out of the house. But uh, yeah, so I have... I have been a, a diehard Pats fan since adopting into the city, and I will continue to be because they are the best team ever. Now that I've uh, outed myself. I'm sorry, I couldn't find the toilet flushing sound effect as fast as I normally would. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize Jason was so invested in the sports ball. I hate Tom Brady starting from when he was at Michigan, and that's where my <laughs> hatred stays however uh there was a backup quarterback on the patriots team that is a spartan in mr hoyer so we'll be okay with that i i do have to admit that uh most of my love goes to gronk because that man will kill himself to get the ball across the line yeah i i'll admit uh gronk is a solid player and even more of a hilarious human being if you were to follow him strictly on onion articles then you know it's a win well i'm pretty sure that they're just paying him in tide pods now right right so he's a great investment right. <laughs> in fact i'm sure he's got a product uh tie-in with duncan and it'll be the new tie tie pods latte delicious <laughs> and colorful exactly god we've gone on a tangent i don't even know where we were well actually uh, you were talking about what oh, we need what to, to do besides. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have done that before, and that's actually a riot. 
Well, and that's the thing, especially in Boston, they are so good at pointing out all of the, the interesting shit around the city. You know, when we were living there, we had a lot of people come and visit us. Thank you, Jay, for making it out there. Unfortunately, you weren't there long enough for us to host you on a duck boat. No, that would have been cool. But that would have been really cool. We ended up going on on them so many times that we were able to then start giving our own tours of the city. They give you just a wealth of information, you know, that, you know, learning about the, uh, uh, what was it? The, um, God, now I'm, I'm blanking on it. So going down the, the, the Freedom Trail, not only is the, the Freedom Trail historic and wonderful, but there are so many different bars down the Freedom Trail that you find out which one of the founding fathers frequented it the most. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can drink yourself down the Freedom Trail, which is awesome. But the the, <laughs> the great molasses, you know, uh, deluge, deluge. See, now it's catching to me. Deluge. Oh, deluge. Thank You're you good. so much. Good word, too. You know, it is a cold day in Michigan when Jason actually corrects somebody's grammar. Well, you know, I do have this kick button right next to Moody's name. I could just click it and see what happens. I'm I'm guessing it's the you know kill Wilhelm sound effect. Uh, that'd be I I need to download that. Thank you for telling me that. I'll be working on that for the rest of the show. There you carry go. on. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, learning about the uh, uh, about. You know, different things that have gone on around the city, uh, having interesting historical sites pointed out to you, like the first ever donut shop slash sushi bar um, that I never see anyone going in and out of, um, you know, from that going and seeing, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Boston common, the, uh, the, the, the graveyard, the cemetery that mother goose is actually buried in. You know, just these random things. And then, of course, you know, Boston itself, you, you can't kick a rock down the street without hitting like 10 different historical sites. You right. Know, finding out Boston Common was where they had all the public hangings, but it was originally where they kept all the stockades or all the, um, the, the cattle that were being driven into town to be shipped off, you know, via the boats. You know, uh, every little bit, you know, just kind of pops out into real real life when you when you're sitting down in in this lovely little boat that then or you know duck that takes you then out on the charles there you go sorry the 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 duck boats took you where now (laughs) out to the charles the charles river charles river gotcha go ahead (laughs) so you go up and down the charles river you get to you know see you know, wonderful MIT. You get to see the, uh, the 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 Kodak building. You know, when Kodak was actually still a thing. Um, when they were both Eastman and Kodak. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, learning about the Pru. That would be the Prudential building. You know, uh, seeing the the old Prudential building that at one point was the tallest building in the city, and then how it got eclipsed by the new one. Um, yeah, just a whole bunch of different historical things. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend that more than anything. And then, of course, there are some great museums throughout the city. And there's, of course, always uh, flying into Logan where you think you're going to die if you're not used to flying over water. And then they turn around and land uh, safe and sound on that one runway. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I will, you could make that argument if you ever fly into Orange County. Same when you're coming out into the mountains and all of a sudden you just drop. Yeah, they drop and then they <laughs> yeah. just slam on the brakes. Yep. Yep. They're like, uh, here's what's gonna happen. It's like landing at uh um um uh uh not O'Hare, uh uh Midway in Chicago. Uh you better hold on to everything you got because they're slamming on the brakes. My god, why are you flying into Midway? Uh it's good it's closer than driving to O'Hare and Southwest comes in and out of there, so it's not too bad of a deal. All right. Not too All right. shabby. I will I will do one last plug for the uh Stuart Gardner Museum in Boston. Probably one mm-hmm. of the, the best places to go to see all kinds of eclectic shit that has been collected. Ooh. This place is amazing and it is the uh the the site of the, the famous robbery um back in the eighties that supposedly was whitey bulger's doing oh really really? yeah where was it uh it was a saint patrick's day parade and 
uh, I can't remember how many individuals, I think it was like supposedly five individuals broke into the Stuart Gardner Museum. They ran out with uh, a Rembrandt and a couple of other, you know, priceless paintings, uh, as well as a, a solid gold lightning bolt from a Napoleonic flag. Oh, rad. Yeah. I feel like that was uh, that was a pretty successful heist. That's pretty amazing. Never's ne- has not been solved. It's still an open hmm. case. And I like John's unironic yeah. use of rad. Dude, that, <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about Boston. That's wicked. I just like it. Yeah, but it's wicked awesome. The, the, uh, did you ever get yeah, into Southie? Wicked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was lucky to get out of Southie. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Now, did we, you go looking for a fight or did it just happen? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that just goes with the territory. I mean, if you're, if you're in Southie, you're, you're gunning for a fight, but then again, that's pretty much anywhere around Boston. You got Southie, you've got Charlestown, you've got, uh, Revere. Well, if you go to Revere, you're going to get stabbed. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Nice. So wait, is is Dorchester Southie or is that way too far South? Dorchester's way South. Okay, so Southie is actually just barely Southie, south of the river, yeah, right? Southie is actually South Boston. Yeah, it's okay. it's not Dorchester. So it's Telegraph Hill, it's yeah. that area. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's the exhibition center. So I basically was in Southie yeah, and didn't were. even know it. Yeah. Now I'm a little more concerned five years ago or six, <laughs> years, six years ago. So here's the question. Although you were out what? by the seaport for the exhibition center, so you were, you were like Southie Light, Southie, Southie, uh, Southie, Southie Light, yeah, Southie once removed. Yeah, you were Southie like Sam Adams Lighthouse, Paul. Uh, very much uh, so. Yes, carbonated yeah. water. <laughs> Actually, that was probably one of the few light beers that we enjoyed. Yeah, I don't know what's the one you brought over to my house at how at uh, the Halloween the. Um, Oh, solid, solid that gold. one. Founders um, take on on like Budweiser or something. It's this was really good. It's I was shocked. Bad. I was shocked. Interesting. Um, so, what made you and Stephanie decide? You know what? I've had enough of the East Coast. Let's go the farthest place in the continental United States I can go and make your way out to San Francisco. What What was the impetus of that and trip? You're what made now? you move what? out there? God, we got sick of winter. You know, <laughs> fair. We had, That's totally fair. You, know, you, I mean, you still get seasons kind of there. up in San Francisco, right? What's that? You still get seasons up in San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, uh, not, not you get, there, you get really. some wind. You, know, I mean, you just get some wind. fairly the same. I mean, you, you have your dry, dry season and your wet season. But for, for the most part, except for, except for right Duck now. Season where mm-hmm. apparently it's in the 40s when we were out there it was pretty much 60 all the time yeah oh wow you know? so that was that was our our big thing once again we're like you know what is this where we want to stay you know for, for the foreseeable future or do we want to just kind of spread our wings check things out you know go on right. an adventure and that's what we decided because we had once again nothing that was holding us back um, yep. and just decided all right well where do we want to go and we had a, a short list that we worked out on and we decided well let's let's take a look at, at san francisco so we took a, a a short visit out there we took like a, a week's vacation and before we were done with i would say the the first day we're like, yeah, this is, this is where we're going to be. Nice. You know, the, the vibe out there was very close to what we were, what we were used to in, in Boston. Um, it ended up being a lot, even more, you know, well, California is, is very difficult to describe, especially uh, San Francisco. Yes. But, you know, our first, our first realization was like, okay, this is, this is kind of the, our people. And then we right. realized just how much they were our people. Um, I will say, you know, moving out there, major differences. You know, uh, you hear about the the incredibly high uh, cost of living out there, and it is not a joke. Uh, we lived in a two bedroom apartment in this old, you know, this rundown Edwardian style. We were on the second floor. No laundry, no dishwasher, no real great amenities. And we were paying $50,000 a year 
Ooh. In rent. In rent. rent. Yeah. Where where did you live in the city proper or yeah, where where did the, you live? We lived in the city proper. So we lived in the neighborhood that's known as Nopa and oh, yeah. north of the panhandle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the at that time had just kind of over the last ten years been the new up and coming uh neighborhood. And so we we were we were living the high life there. We were pretty much equidistant from anywhere in the city. I mean, smack dab right in the middle. Yeah. Um, we could jump on a bus and, and be downtown in 20 minutes, or we could be out to the beach in the same amount of time. I just remember, I've been out to San Francisco a few times and uh, did the touristy stuff. Like, I was able to do Alcatraz. Yeah. Uh, I think and they if let I had... Leave. Well, and I went. I drove up to San Rafael and saw the uh, Metallica headquarters. I did all that kind of stuff. Um, my favorite part, though, to be honest, besides the Golden Gate, was was leaving. beautiful. Not well, leaving was that's another story. Um, found a really cool uh, little hypodermic turn. <laughs> right. Ooh. Um, was driving through the Presidio. To be oh, honest, yeah. Presidio is that is amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, Presidio is beautiful. I mean, you've, you, like just before you get into the the, the forested area and the, the the state park up there, but just you know the the homes on the hill, the views that you get from the from the Presidio, uh, they can't be beat. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's the most expensive, one of the most expensive places to live in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, there are a lot of a lot of great things to see. A lot of uh, you know, fun places to go where, where we lived for the majority of the time we were there, we were about three blocks away from the historic hate Ashbury. Yep. Mm. You know, so, um, and you know, I, I, I never realized that an entire city could smell of weed until I lived in San Francisco. Yeah. I've been to Denver. And well, now I believe it's the entire state. Well, can yeah. smell of weed. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and little known fact, San Francisco until quite recently had no public nudity laws. And even now they turn a blind eye to it. Really? Yeah. Yes. So in, in our neighborhood, we have one gentleman that kind of observes the, the, the new laws because he walks around with an athletic sock on and that's it. Huh? I mean, is, it, is it clean? Was it, was it at I least never- laundered? I've never gotten close enough to look. Nice. But <laughs> man, his calves, I tell you. Yeah, he does right. a lot of walking. Uh or carrying a lot of wi- anyway. Yeah. Um you know, Jay, uh, let me interrupt one second cuz I wanted to to mention something that you brought up, Paul, cuz I know a lot of people when they're when they're thinking about moving like this are always very hesitant because of something like you mentioned that they're not going to find their people, people that they can actually, you know, converse with, um, share the same interests and things. And you said it was actually pretty easy f- for you and Stephanie to, to do it out there. Yes. Yeah. What well, was it just kind of, what, would you say it's more of you guys being kind of, of an adventurous spirit to be like, you know, we're going to give this a shot and see how it goes. And you just, kind of lucky or is it one of those that San Francisco is just one of those more melting pots where it was very easy to find people that you resonated with? Well, I think it was a a little column A, a little column B. I mean, we, we have a tendency to be very open and friendly until you get to know us and then we're dicks to you. But um, (laughs) yeah, present company included. Right. I, I, yeah, I can vouch for that. (laughs) And thank you for the rim shot. You know um, it, <laughs> but no, the, the other thing is, yes, it is a very friendly atmosphere there. Any city you go into, especially major city, you're going to find people that are pretty cool and chill and you're going to find people that are assholes, right? you know, and it's just being able to connect with those people that kind of share that, how you feel, you know, and we, we found that by going to places that resonated with us. We were very fortunate to have a, a, a microbrewery that had opened up literally around the corner from where we live. So we were stumbling yeah. distance to this place and 
right off the bat, the first person we met and made friends with was the owner. And then all of the wait staff and all of yeah. looking at you and that's stumbling distance. <laughs> all of the, uh, the, the bartenders. Oh, so therefore we, uh, we, we would meet a lot of people. We'd, we'd, we'd make friends with, with different patrons. We'd go to different places, different concerts, see different things. And, you know, the people that were going to see and do these things were kind of the people that liked the same stuff that we did. So it was, it was very easy to make friends and, and feel that, that sense of community. Um, you know, the, the neighborhood we lived in, in that, in that Nopa area, but specifically in our street, we had a coffee shop just down the, down the road and it was not a Starbucks, thank God, but you know, just this little, you know, single proprietor owned place, but everyone in the neighborhood came there. It was just a, you'd see the same people every day. And then on the weekends, everyone would just hang out down there and, you know, kind of catch up on the week. It was our own little community. We'd have block parties. Well, see, I'm looking at the Nova neighborhood and it looks like the majority of the restaurants were all situated along that one road. The, uh, is it Divisadero? Divisadero. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's like, I don't know, in like five block radius, there's gotta be like 40 restaurants and, uh, coffee cafes, places like Eye of the Avocado. Apparently, that's a that's a hip name. A lot of liquor stores. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's um, going to be a lot of liquor stores, right? Which I want to throw a shout out to Indian Paradox, which is a uh, Indian wine bar and high class uh, street food. Uh, the owner Kavitha is amazing. Former engineer worked for Google, gave it up to open her own restaurant. Oh, nice. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's an underrated thing people uh, should know about in San Francisco? Uh, so my experience, like I said, with San Francisco has done anything. I've walked the wharf. You know, I've been to Girardelli Square. I've been up and down. I drove a a Yukon XLT extremely extended a, a version of truck down Lombard Street, barely making the turns. Uh, you know, drove You're all the way to the top of the broke. They've cut that off now. Oh, you can't drive down it anymore. You cannot drive down it anymore. It is blocked off to traffic. I will uh, at some point. I'll find the video of it and I'll share it with you guys. Uh, of somebody filmed it while I was driving down, and it's pretty funny. Oh my god, um, it's it's pretty good. Um, but what's I mean, what's something people just don't know about? What that they should take the time if they get a chance to go out to San Francisco to enjoy. Um. One of the places is, uh, it's known as the, the Sutro Baths or the Cliff House. It's over on the, the beach side. It's um, off of Ocean Beach. It's on, uh, well, what would be Old California One that leads up to the Presidio. But it is in, there used to be back in the day, an old historic, like almost like a Coney Island type theme park there with this old bathhouse and people would go in there and, and, you know, the water's coming in from the ocean and they'd have different areas for them to swim in. They had like these, you know, elaborate uh, gardens for people to walk through. Um, and it's, it's amazing. They've got wonderful nature trails now that you can walk around. Um, in fact, I think that's, they call that land's end now, but uh, it's, it's a beautiful place and it overlooks the, the ocean. It overlooks ocean beach. Um you know, that's, that's an amazing place for, for sightseeing. Um, and then of course, going down to the beach is always fun. Although if you're expecting really hot weather to go out on the beach, you're never going to get it. Cause the, the weather, like I said, is typically in the sixties. And when you're down on the, uh, the waterfront, the wind is just going to cut right through you. But I always love the fact that I could wear, you know, shorts in the middle of February and walk along the water. Um, let's see what else would be a, a great place to go. Um, well, depending on when you're there, the, uh, there are certain areas, the sisters of perpetual indulgence, which is a, uh, a drag crew do host a drag queen bingo. <laughs> nice. Nice. 
as well as if you're there over uh, the Easter holiday, they have an Easter celebration in Golden Gate Park that includes a Foxy Mary and Hunky Jesus contest. Foxy Mary and Hunky Jesus contest. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. Oh, you you did. Huh. Foxy Jesus, Hunky Mary. Oh, yeah. and It doesn't see, go that way. Foxy Mary, Hunky Jesus. See, I already screwed it up. A couple, couple of years ago, the twerking Jesus was the one that won. Ooh, Are we going directly to go. hell for just hearing this? Or do we actually have to say it to go directly to hell? I'm pretty sure well, we're going to hell for hearing it. Well, you haven't seen it, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have a photograph of my wife dancing with twerking Jesus. Nice. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, but those are, those are a couple of the fun things. Um, obviously, you know, San Francisco has a, a risque past and still has predilections for, uh, for the risque lifestyle. So that's they a do $5 have word right there, Paul. Predilection or risque? I mean, I'll give you a seven fifty because risque is kind of more commonplace now. Predilection, bravo, yeah. sir. And we've also bravo. heard oh, impetus so and deluge in the same conversation, so I am blown away. Right. <laughs> but they they do have the Fulton Street Kink Fair that comes about in September, October, where it's about two, three square blocks that's all blocked off and. Pretty much anything goes down those. I I feel like you two expanded your horizons more than we would care to. You had no idea visualize. what was going to happen when you brought this on. No, nope, I don't. <laughs> Holy! You were you were asking for off the beaten path, right? Yeah, this is very true, and we're we're definitely and getting was, beaten. And I promise you, there was <laughs> at least on my part, there was no beating going on. oh my god all right paul here let me let me throw you let me throw you a softball here um are we back to ball state again (laughs) no 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 shorn scrotum uh living in boston living in san fran you've of course returned to the motherland of of michigan but we won't even get into that um iconic foodstuffs that you experience in each city. I mean, so San Francisco is known primarily for, I mean, if you think about it, most people go right to the wharf. They go right to, you know, clam chowder and a bread bowl, sourdough bread bowl right off the water. Right. Or in Boston, it's could be anything. Clam could be chowder a roll, could <laughs> in be, a bread bowl. Yeah. <laughs> in a bread bowl right off the water. Stupid consistency. <laughs> um, uh, where, where are we going? Where are we going to eat? You take us, you get one place. And it has to be some. So when I travel, I always ask uh, a cab driver and a police officer, where's the one place I should go that's authentic to the city? Uh, it's not a chain. And you can't go, oh, the next morning, I really should have sent them to this place. Where do you go in each city and, and justify it as in a, like a commercial style as you can? Like you got to pick one place per city. Per city. All right. So we're going to go back to the wonderful land of Boston, you know. You got beer, you got patriotism, you got, well, the Patriots. So shut up. Sticking with that, I'm going to say the Warren Tavern. That is, I feel like I've heard of this. Warren Tavern. It is located in Charlestown. It is one of the most historic places, at least in my opinion. Um, It was a, regular meeting place of a lot of the the continentals the 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 revolutionaries in fact one of the the claims of fame is george washington pissed in this corner but uh nice nice yeah they have probably hands down the best fish and chips in the city interesting oh yeah you know so that as well as they've they've got some some other really good fare, but I mean if you're if you're looking for kind of you know along the line of the seafood, their fish and chips amazing to die for. Washing it down with the great Sam Adams there, great. Um, but yeah, I would say that if I had to if I had to take someone from out of town, you know, to give them 
a, a great time, lots of stories, wonderful atmosphere. It's there because you are going to hear so much of Boston in one little room. I kind of want to go now. No, like you, all right, you sold me. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, there's a couple places to add to the list. I, uh, it's just one. It's one of the cities that I, I just absolutely want to go back to. Same with Washington D.C. I feel like I didn't give that enough of a chance, but I was there in 2010 with young kids. Like we weren't going to explore too much. So all right, yeah. the Warren well, Tavern, Warren Tavern, Washington it's right Pistier. on. It's right on the Freedom Trail. It's about two, three blocks down from the uh, the Bunker Hill Memorial, which is on Meads Hill, not Bunker Hill. Interesting. Just to let you know that little mindfuck. <laughs> so, uh, just like the Boston Cooler isn't from Boston. Duh. It's a thing. Wait, what? The Boston Cooler, the drink, was made in Detroit. Well, yeah, because it's Verner's. It's because it's Verner's, right? Yeah, you're not you're not going to yeah, find yeah. Verner's out in Boston. No, you're not going to find Verner's outside uh, of Michigan. Just, yeah, oh, I beg to differ. Yeah, you can I find it. I mean, it's more like a uh, it's more of a uh, soda unicorn at that point. Right, right. I actually know where you can get it in San Francisco. Really, is it like an underground place? No, actually, it's one of their their major. Uh, booze chains called bevmo oh that makes sense oh yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean now the one time that i saw it i was like are you kidding me and immediately had to buy it saying oh my god i'm never gonna see this out here again and then the next time i went in not only did they have that but they had a full line of fago oh shit really yeah did you go up to the the manager be like now you're just showing off pretty much uh, of course, I also had like $300 worth of booze with me. Right. And you grabbed like some uh, jazz and bluesberry and rock and rye. You're like, I'm just going to take these and go. Oh, it was all red pop. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, just straight red pop. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the you way. Know, you're like, By the way, do you have some ICP in the back? <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was never part of the posse, though. Doesn't matter. All right, posse by proxy. Yep, there posse you go. Posse by proxy. Awesome. PVP. All right, now uh, I'm San Fran. If, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, San Fran. Same question. Ooh. Okay. Um, now I'm trying to remember the name of the place because there is in that area that you were talking about. Um, right there on the wharf where you have all of those, those restaurants that are popping up. Um, you know, you've got Boudin's, uh, making their sourdough and you can get the clam chowder in it. And you've got the different crab shacks and, uh, the Italian places. There is a seafood restaurant that is tucked behind everyone else it has two locations one's right there but you have to like actually walk down to where the ships are going in and out past all of the glitzy stuff Mm -hmm. as well as they have a location in Sausalito they have their own fleet of boats that go out every morning they get their own food they bring it in um it is by far, bar none, the best seafood in the city. And, of course, I'm completely blanking on the name of it. Uh, my God. I am failing so hard right now. So maybe I have to go with the uh, the backup then. Okay. So then, backup. Damn it, I really can't. All I can think of right now is the uh, like the captain's platter from this one place, and I'm already drooling. <laughs> well, at least it's consistent. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm all about consistency, especially when it comes to food. I think what's pissing me off is I found all my pictures from Alcatraz, but I can't find the video of driving down Lombard Street. It's pissing me off to no end. <laughs> Damn it. It's a thing. Well, Paul, we're, we're creeping towards the end of our time already, so uh, I can't let you go without horribly mispronouncing and asking you about uh, Sun Kung, uh, Wing Sun Kung Fu. Wing Chun. Kung Chun. Fu. 
Yes. Really? Wing Chun? Tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about that as you are a, a vicious master of the things that can kill people. Pretty much. And, oh, and by the way, the restaurant's name is Skoma. God, that was killing me. Literally. Skoma. S-C-O-M-A. Cool. All right. Written down, added to the roster. There you go. Whew. That, that was crazy. All right. So Wing Chun is a, obviously, because it's a type of Kung Fu, it's an ancient martial arts form. And every time I practice, I hear, you know, Carl Douglas in my head. But uh, I, uh, I was introduced to it from a couple of colleagues when I was uh, in San Francisco that I, I worked with uh, at the bank and that they were practitioners of it and said, hey, you should come and uh, check this out with us sometimes. So I did. And funny enough, I'm learning this this ancient Chinese martial art from a short, fat German man. Nice. Yes. I, I swear to God, if you saw him, you would realize he is the human embodiment of the Kung Fu Panda. Awesome. However, this man is fast as lightning and could rip out your throat before you even realized he had moved. Right. Interesting. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I I studied it the pretty much the entire time that I was in San Francisco. Um, I was able to train long and hard enough that I am. Uh, a practitioner level and am actually able to take on students of my own in the Detroit area, which is what my, the, you know, my Sifu or the, the, the master wanted me to do. And I was like, nah, no, I'm good. Take on as in terms of t- training them or training. if they all ganged up on you, you could handle it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I can take them on. At, at, at where I'm at in my training, I can take on a group of 10 people and pretty much hold my own. Nice. That's impressive. That's, that's, We're going to test that theory. That's, that's, that's <laughs> mixed of armed and unarmed. If you're saying we're going to test that theory in terms of you're going to try and I'm going to sit on the sidelines and tape it, yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, totally yeah, with John. I would expect nothing less than you taping this experience. You know, my wife really enjoyed it for for a long time because she was tasked with uh, attacking me with a bat. <laughs> nice. And it was it was almost like like originally I was saying, you know, when when I'm training, I'm going to need you to do this. And she had this foam bat to hit me with. Well, it ended up turning into like the that Jacques or um, uh, Clouseau from the Pink Panther in his in his butler who would just randomly attack him at any time. She would just come up and start beating me with this bat. Oh, nice. Jeez, oh, Pete, that's awesome. It, it, it was amazing. Um, Did she sh- and just so everybody knows. It's because I love you. Because yeah, I love you. Whack, 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 Although whack, I, whack, I'm whack. not allowed to do kung fu in the car. She screams at me anytime that I start making moves. Nice. Well, I mean, safety first. Yeah, you do kind of have to keep your eyes on the road. Well, yeah, that's true. Whereas I can be blindfolded when I'm doing kung fu. Oh. There you go. I just really got to see this, Paul. Now I'm I'm, I'm really kind of concerned that I'm that I have not seen this before. Well, all will be revealed in due time. Oh, oh I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just want to beat on you with a bat. I mean, if it's a thing that you can do, I'm totally doing it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, gentlemen, just so you know, be on the lookout in your Facebook Messenger. I found the video. Okay, I'll take all right. Look. It's the thing. Oh shit! I got the wrong link. Oh, anyway. uh, no, 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 no! I've got it. I've got it. Oh my god! Is a strip tease that you just sent me? <laughs> it's a, you're gonna get Rick rolled. <laughs> uh, nope, there it is. Okay, found it. Um, Paul, this was awesome. We appreciate your time and uh, telling stories of, of both coasts and how your wife got to beat on you with a bat because that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, so, that's uh, your any one uh, takeaway from this? That's my only takeaway that your wife got to beat on you with permission with a bat and I get to do so. I mean, no, how how wonderful that you can take on 10 students and that you attended a place called Ball State. Yeah. <clears throat> Ball State. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well. Letterman's I wasn't a state right? of balling. Yes, Letterman state was. Of balling. Letterman went there. In fact, all uh, of my classes were in the David Letterman uh, Hall. Oh, there you nice. go. 
Are you serious? He gave that much money, or is it the only person to give money? <laughs> I think it's the only famous person to come out of there. Fair. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, Muncie's more famous than Ball State, to my knowledge. I could be really, really wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. doesn't doesn't Western have, like, a, a, a Tim Allen Hall now? I No, it'd be covered in cocaine. Yeah. That's true. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for too Terry quick. Crews to, to christen a hall over there, because that man is a godsend. <laughs> oh, man. Well, gentlemen, we're at that time, so it's uh, my privilege again to thank uh, Mr. John Moody, Mr. Lance Xavier, Mr. Andrew Tucker, and our guest on the episode, Mr. Paul Higgins. Paul? Thank you so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I hope I pass the audition. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's yeah, not up for us. Man. That's not for us to decide. Unfortunately, it's there's the uh, the editors you got to get past. Oh, and he needs another beer. So, uh, guys, appreciate it. Uh, thank you See so ya. much. And if I don't talk to you before, I'll catch you in the next one. Boom. Yep. I was waiting for somebody to say it. I, I couldn't bring myself to say it because we didn't even get into Mario Golf or uh, running for BW3 Wings at 2 in the morning or... Uh, Who let you Jar- in? Yeah. Jarum, Jarum Blacks. Or- oh, God. My lungs are already bleeding just from hearing that. <laughs> I kind of threw up in my mouth on that one. I continue to throw up. We talked about that. it a little bit on the Kevin Harvey episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. <laughs> <laughs>